You are listening to the First Tech Podcast. These podcasts are designed for authorised financial advisors. If you're not an authorised financial advisor, it's important you understand the content of this podcast may be difficult to follow, as it assumes you have the necessary training, qualifications and experience to understand the concepts discussed as well as the technical language used. If you still decide to listen, please understand the information contained in this recording is general information only and does not take into account any of your personal circumstances, needs or objectives. Any scenarios considered during this podcast are purely hypothetical and for illustrated purposes only and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase, hold or sell any financial products or take any other course of action. In the recent federal budget, the government announced a proposal to lower the age that people are able to make a downsizer contribution from age 65 to 60. I'm your host, Craig Day, and here to talk to me about the proposed changes to the downsizer rules is Kim Guest, one of my senior technical services managers in the team. G'day, Kim. Hi, Craig. How are you? Very well. Yourself? Good. Now, Mm. what are we talking about? Downsizer. Woohoo! Changes to the downsizer rule. So, can you walk me through what they've actually announced as part of the federal budget? Yeah, well, it's pretty straightforward actually. They're um, they're lowering the age where people are eligible to make a downsizer. So currently, you have to be age sixty five or more when you make a downsizer contribution. But they announced in the federal budget that they're lowering that age to sixty to be able to make a downsizer. Right. That's interesting is because I know when they looked at moving the um, eligibility, so getting rid of the work test, they moved that from age 65 up to 67. There was some conjecture at that time whether they'd moved the age of the downsizer rules up to 67 as well, wasn't that's it? Right. yeah. That's but what they're, sort of expecting. Yeah, instead mm. of getting older, they've actually taken it to younger. So someone that's mm. selling their home. So all of those eligibility rules are the same. This is the only change. Yeah, that's that's all the budget mentioned was just that lowering of the age to age 60. Right. Mm. So I suppose the key one there, this is a one-off opportunity only, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that's right. So downsizer contributions, there's no change. It's only able to make one downsizer contribution. It's sort of the lifetime limit that you're able to make. Yep. Um, and that will still be the rules. Right. And the amount of downsizers that hasn't changed, three hundred no. up to 300 or the amount of the proceeds? Exactly, yeah. So if you have a couple, $300,000 each, um, they could potentially make as long as, you know, they get at least that amount of sale proceeds. Okay, terrific. All right, now what does this actually mean mm. for advisors and their clients? Because I actually think it seems like a simple change, right? Yeah. But I think there's actually going to be a, a bit of complexity here because if we lower the eligibility age... Now, for a lot of people, they, for the first time from when these rules, actually, when do they take effect? Yeah, good question. So it said it's expected from the beginning of the financial year after Royal Assent. Ah, so it's another one of those ones. Another one of those ones. So we expect it to be 1 July 22. Okay. So coming back to the point I was just about to make. So for the Mm. first time, a lot of people are actually going to have the option of either a non-concessional or a downsizer. That's right. So now there's going to be a bit of a decision to be made. Yeah. So, or actually yeah. even maybe both. Maybe both, yeah. So you could get um, maybe 330 under the bring forward rule yep. and then another 300 under the downsizer. So that's quite a lot, isn't it? 630. And that's, uh, that's for one. For a couple, yeah. If you've got a couple. So that's, um, what's that, 1 million? 1.26. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Good. Um, yeah, so that's quite a lot that you can get into super now. So it's a big opportunity. Right. So 
first of all, think about combining it with a non-concessional, really turbocharge someone's retirement savings. Mm. Um, what about here, you know, not everyone's going to have $1.26 million that they're trying to get into super. What about um, in a scenario where I've got less than that? Which which one should I use? Should I use downsizer or non-concessional? Yeah, good question. So we're talking about someone between 60 and 65. Here. Yeah, I mean, they've yeah. sold their house and maybe they've got like four or 500000 to contribute. Um, how should they do that? Well, if they use their downsizer contribution, they've used it. That's their lifetime limit. They haven't got that opportunity again later on yep. in life. If they sell another property, um, they can't use a downsizer contribution again. So there is some thought to... Perhaps you should make non-concessional contributions instead because then um, you're still preserving that downsizer contribution yep. for later on in life. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it really does depend. It depends on whether they're likely to sell another property later on in life. It depends on whether they want to use a bring forward now um, mm -hmm. and then they won't be able to make non-concessional contributions for the next couple of years because they've already used up those Yeah. So, so if you think yeah. about that, so let's just say I've got $400,000 worth of proceeds and, look, you know, you, I suppose the complexity here is always you're looking to maximise your contributions you can make. So it could make this quite complex. So let's just yeah. think about this in one year only. So I've got $400,000. Let's say I've sold a property right at the beginning of the financial year yeah. um, and I'm looking to get this money into superannuation. Do I do 300 downsizers or 100,000 non-concessional or do, do I do 330 non-concessional and 70,000 as a downsizer? Yeah, well, that's it's... Depends, doesn't Depends, it? Depends, yeah, it really comes back. The problem is if you only do a small downsizer, you're kind of using up that downsizer amount of the, potentially up to 300000 but you're only using a hundred grand of it. It seems a bit of a wasted opportunity yeah. where you might sell another a property in the future and you can't make a downsizer contribution. So probably if you're going to use downsizer, you would use it and you would try and use as much of that limit up as you're going to. Otherwise, yeah. it's kind of a bit of a waste. Yeah. Of I would imagine if that was closer to the end of the financial year, you wouldn't use a downsizer at all. And that $400,000 mm. example, you'd put in your hundred. Yeah. Or your hundred and ten, dollars however it's going to work, right? Yeah. And then you wait until the 1st of July. So in that way, I'm getting everything as a non-concessional. Yeah. So and, I'm, and, then and I'm not using example. up my downsizer. But yeah. also there I could imagine if you've got someone right at the beginning of the financial year mm -hmm. and they're wanting to make non-concessional contributions in, in the subsequent couple of financial years, then and they're, they're unlikely to want to use the downsizer in the future, for who knows why, yeah. um, then in that situation getting the 300000 downsizer in, yeah. right, then they make a $100,000 non-concessional. They're not triggering the bring forward rule, so they're leaving that to a future year. So, yeah. so that's an important thing. What about... Um, is there any social security and benefits out of all this? Yeah, so interesting. So um, superannuation in a younger spouse's name, if they're underage pension age and, it, and it's in accumulation phase, is still exempt for social security purposes. So if mm -hmm. you have an older spouse who's on age pension, for example, and a younger spouse who's underage pension age, we might try and get as much money as we can into that younger spouse's superannuation account because it will be exempt for age pension purposes. Right. So when I think about that, so that's when maybe I'm selling a house and I'm getting proceeds of $600,000. Mm. Um, let's say stereotypical couple, you know, he's very close to age pension age. She's, let's say, five, six years younger, so in her early 60s. Yeah. Um, in that situation, I could just be thinking about a non-concessional, but now don't forget, you've also got the ability to get the downsizer in for her as well. Exactly, yeah. We can get quite a lot in, can't we? Yeah, so mm. what's that? That's 630 into her account only, probably it might even, you know, women do 
statistically have less super. So it, mm-hmm. one, it helps equalise balances. Yeah. But also in that situation, 600 and, uh, 630 yeah. is not going to count towards the means test when he gets to age pension age until she gets to age pension age. That's right. Yeah, once she's reached age pension, so, that's a big concession. Yeah, mm. so there's lots of simple change, mm. but yet lots of strategic levers that we need to think about in in order to pull, which when which to know which one to pull. Yeah, um, to get the best outcome for the client. So mm. I think that's I think that's about it for downsides of contributors. I can't see that there's too much else to think about. Oh, one thing for me is. Mm. Um, when you think about downsizing, you can currently make an only from age 65. Yes. So therefore, as soon as you make the contribution, it's mm. unrestricted, non-preserved. That's true. And but between 60 and 65, it's not necessarily yeah. unrestricted. Well, yeah. So it would depend, yeah, depend on their circumstance, whether they've satisfied a retirement conditionally. So you might have someone selling up to move to a different city. They might be actually, mm. you know, ceasing an arrangement of employment so they might have full access depending on the timing in that situation you'd yeah. want to cease a range of employment before you make the downsizing. yeah oh is, or is it the other way around no make the downsizing. No, make the downsizing. yes then cease again yeah otherwise that yes. contribution is going to be preserved mm-hmm. anyway so that would be some important timing there as well to think about in terms yeah. of making sure that if you want access get that timing right yeah yeah and that strategy we talked about where we're contributing in the younger spouse's name definitely access is an issue yeah. that we need to think about that yeah. yeah terrific all right i think that covers everything thanks kim thanks craig thanks everyone thanks for listening to the first tech podcast please remember these podcasts are designed for authorized financial advisors if you're not an authorized financial advisor You need to remember that any scenarios considered during this podcast were for purely hypothetical and illustrative purposes only and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase, hold or sell any financial products or take any other course of action. And finally, you should read the relevant product disclosure statement before making any investment decision and once again consider talking to a financial advisor. While all care has been taken in preparation of this podcast using sources we believe to be reliable and accurate, no person including Colonial First Aid Investments Limited or Commonwealth Bank Group of Companies accepts responsibility for any loss suffered by any person arising from reliance on this information.